When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, we were joined by Asif Kapadia, who is the director, Oscar-winning director, of a new film on Diego Maradona, a documentary which was excellent, and uh, you'll be hearing from him. And uh, we answer the question, why haven't football clubs got harps playing at half-time? That's not quite right. Yeah. Yeah, we are asking that. After a fashion, we're asking that question. (laughs) Andy's not wrong. Um, And you'll hear from a Britain's Got Talent uh, contestant. Mm. Uh, Ali Ross. He was good, yeah. He's in Belgium, uh, ahead of the game against uh, Scotland. You may be listening to this after the 12-0 drubbing uh, (laughs) of Belgium by Scotland, which will be a shock to everybody. But anyway, Ali was on good form. And we had a bit of of an odd intro to the show uh, as you will uh, discover. So uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, Paul. And the Women's World Cup is what, about uh, three, four, five days old. And yeah, we've yeah, had our yeah. first letter that you knew, you knew you were going to get this from Brian Henry, wrote to the Sun this morning. The current Women's World Cup is so far living up to expectations with high-quality football. And how lovely to see the players not rolling over in agony when tackled and trying to get the opponent booked. Long may it last. You know, you think to yourself, all right, I've got, I've got a solution for you, Brian. You're never watching men's football ever again. <laughs> That's it. Anybody that compares the two things, that's my thing. You like it so much, you watch only that. Andy Jacobs, unenforceable rules. I mean, we talk about banning orders being difficult to enforce, but how could you enforce a rule? What's this bloke's name? Brian. Brian Brian Henry from Suffolk. Brian Henry from Suffolk. Are you ever going to stop him watching men's football again? If he turns up at at Portman Road, I'll say, you... Get this is road. just an empty gesture. <laughs> He's got a telly at home, isn't he? I mean, how are you what about, you are the sort of man, though, that would make it your life's work, that would stand outside his house until your dying day. That's right. I'm and every just... time he tries to watch a man's game, you put your foot through the telly or cut rip the aerial wire. off the roof or cut the wires <laughs> yeah. of his dish. Yeah, I think you probably would do I that. I think it's only fair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Chris Kamara, who, of course, uh, works with, with Green King yeah. and uh, great presenter and on soccer you know Chris is I don't even explain it yeah, he's Chris, making, yeah, that, Chris Kamara not, that Chris Kamara yeah, he's not, making, me, not, not the, the other Tyler. one he's making his acting debut in Emmerdale and he uh, he's yeah. managing a team who are playing the Warpack and there should be matches I think between the Rovers return the Queen Vic the bar from Cheers it could be like a pub world cup Quite yeah, good fictional pub World Cup. That's a nice idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, what, what's the off season what's the way you, what's the one in Erinsborough? <laughs> uh oh 
the watering hole. The watering hole, yeah, yeah, in uh, yeah. Neighbours. So, okay, what would the, what, is there a pub in Hollyoaks? Does anyone watch Hollyoaks? No, I'm getting a thousand yards stare from next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I think they won the British Soap Award, Best Soap this year. Oh, you're I keeping abreast of like Mr. Showbiz. <laughs> but anyway, if there is a pub in Hollyoaks, so if we're going to have the if we're going to have the fictional <laughs> pub World Cup, if you want to do mm. the matchups, who do you think would be? I mean, a Ken Barlow, wouldn't he? Um, Bill Roach would be a bit arson Wenger. <laughs> I think he'd be the professor, wouldn't he? So, uh, if you want to think about how the matchups uh, might work if the if the soaps took each other on in a game, yeah, let us know. Talksport.com, text eight ten eighty nine, tweet TS Agent J. Only David Ellery could insist that the new handball rule uh, law changes will clear up any grey areas. You so know it isn't. It's going to yeah. absolutely do the opposite. But no, he, he does. In it, his mind, he believes this. It it's makes amazing. It, it makes it st- so stupidly black and white that it's complete <laughs> rubbish. No, it does clear up the grey areas. You reckon? But not in a good way. Well, not in a good way. No, gonna, of course people, it doesn't. People aren't going to be happy about no. it. Hopeless. What are you going to do? Um, I mean, every you know, there's going to be other times in football matches when referees have to make judgment calls whether they think something is a foul or not in play. You know, if it if it's there will be you know in the middle of the pitch if there's a foul, a referee makes a judgment call all the time. So why have you taken that judgment call? Out of their hands when it comes to handball doesn't make sense. Does I it, do. really? I've, I've sensed all the way along this is all about David Ellery and not particularly about football. That's my view. I mean, it's, I just feel it's all you know. Here's my legacy in football, and I just think it's wrong. You know, everybody, everybody's going. This, this isn't right. People aren't happy with these penalties that are being given. But Steve Parrish has written a piece in the Times today saying it's going to spoil yeah. the Premier League next year. And it's, that's it. Tim it's told us stupid. people will target as they did in Brazil. They will target. Um, the ball at players' hands in the box and just get cheap pens. It's not, it's not you know, doesn't doesn't work for me. The, and talking of refs, the the row rumbles on over their visit, their trip to uh, where was it? Indonesia. I tell you, what I feel sorry for mm. David Coote, thirty six, yeah. the younger ref, mm. who's believed to be single. Yeah. yeah so what's the problem? <laughs> He was in a nightclub. He was a single bloke in a nightclub. Yeah. Stop mentioning him. I can't see what he's done. I can't no. see what any of them done. Single bloke's gone to a nightclub. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the dog in the pond, according to Mike Martin, is the Hollyoaks viewer here on Talksport, and uh, the dog in the pond is the Hollyoaks pub. The pub's called the dog in the pond. It's <laughs> a rubbish <laughs> it's a bit name. Dark, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, it is. As a, as a, as a pub name, I, I hate it's to see what the strange. pub sign looks like. The just dog- a desperate paw. Clutching just above the line of the wall. Well, I suppose he could be just walking through just, the pond rather just than Just out drowning. of reach of its owner. He was in tears. It's horrible. I wouldn't, go drink, image. I wouldn't drink in there. Has he got a flat roof? Uh, anyway. No idea. I do like these small stories that make the papers, but this one, I just don't get this one at all. How did this get into a national paper, national newspaper? A pony called Obama was drafted in to haul away bags of litter collected off a beach at Phileth in Aberdeenshire. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. How? Tell me what about that story is newsworthy in any shape or form? It's nice, isn't it? I mean, I'd like to see a picture of Obama the pony. <laughs> okay. And uh, and then that would be better if I could see him picking up litter. That's a heartwarming story. Well, I think he, I think he just hauled away the. I don't think he picked up the litter and put it in bags, didn't he? No, I think that somebody else did that. Put it on a. Tro- trolley, yeah. not a trolley. On a tray. <laughs> on a tray. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a great word, words. Yeah. No, a trap. That's what I'm trying. The pony and trap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you are. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, this item is. <laughs> Blimey. Well, it is anyway. Yes. And also this one as well. I like the story. <clears throat> you like it? Do yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's got animals in it. I'd this, like, I'd this like one, to see a film. I think that'll bring it alive with some <laughs> with some music. 
They probably could, yeah. This is the documentary on Obama. The uh, This one, though, I can bring back to sport. Month-old peregrine falcon chicks, three females and a male, have been ringed in blue at Salisbury Cathedral, Wiltshire. Well, like QPR shirts. Yeah. What's the point of that? They're wearing the hoops. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make any That's sense. Nice. Yeah, what, what is that ringed in blue? It's what? Put a little blue ring got, on there. Yeah, they got the, the ring. You Again, it's already a story, a ring on is it? it? It's not a story, that, is it? I don't know. Maybe uh, well, you okay. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> anything else? You got any other little stories? <laughs> not like that. Nothing like that? <laughs> Nothing like that, no. We're going to be talking about the harp <laughs> later on. Look at our producer. How are we getting on with our, our harp lady? Progress has been made. You should in the explain world of the why harp. we want to do stuff on the harp. Yeah, now um, maybe you can help us before we have this conversation. Um, this was a story that appeared the other day that piqued our interest. Um, a football club is uh, appealing for a harpist to perform at games. Bosses at League One Gillingham, who finished thirteenth last season, want to boost fan entertainment. The Sun told us, but supporter Nick Ellis, thirty-two, <laughs> said. We need a new team. We let in 72 goals last season. <laughs> Maybe we could put the harpist in goal. It's quite a big instrument. He's got a point. Striker Tom Eaves, who netted 22 goals uh, mm, for the uh, duels last decent. season, but he's out of contract. That's mm. too much information. Tweeted in response to the ad, I'm your man. I'm guessing he's being facetious. I'm guessing Tom Eaves does not play the harp. Uh, no, that's a bold claim. But well, I'm also think, I'm guessing I that he'd be a man in demand. Twenty-three goals. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a free agent. It was a good way to get his name out there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Just, well, uh, yeah, we've done him a favour. He's issued a "Come and Get Me" plea via the harp. <laughs> now, really, the harp generally over the years has been that five minutes of a Marx Brothers film that yeah. where you go and make a cup of tea, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, really? it's true. When Harpo played the harp, you yeah, you think, oh, oh yeah, you have to. At least, yeah, at least when the, the, the piano was being played, uh, uh, Chico was playing, there was a bit of entertainment. He'd do his gun fingers and stuff, and yeah. you'd watch that. that yeah. was a, but what, kind of mawkish, over-sentimental tunes from... I uh, they did that. I don't know. It was the old vaudeville. You're listening thing, to Talk Sport, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Women's Sorry. World Cup's on at the moment, don't you know? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. We brought you the story earlier on today uh, from uh, the Weekend Sun that said a football club was appealing for a harpist to perform, perform at games. Gillingham were looking for someone to play the harp to boost fan entertainment. I take it it was in the lounges and not on the pitch, I guess. Yes. Hmm. For their well-heeled fans who like a bit of harp. Uh, but one fan apparently kicked off, one or two kicked off, and it seems like they've got cold feet because when we phoned Gillingham, they said, oh, we don't need one now. Whether that means they've got one <laughs> or they've gone off the whole idea, uh, I don't know. Well, if they want an entertaining one, this woman coming up wow. is, the, is the one. Well, it's the harp, really. Uh, as we said, it's it's the it was the, the five minutes of uh, the Marx Brothers films you'd go make a cup of tea uh, often. But the, the harp can be fun. And proving that recently in Britain's Got Talent was uh, Ursula Burns, who uh, I think they took the harp to a new level. And we're very pleased to say <laughs> she joins us now. Ursula, good afternoon. Hello, and can I just say, I would never make a cup of tea when Harpo was on. Well, I, I, He's I, my favourite bit, obviously. Yeah, oh, of course you, it you, is. <laughs> when the, when the, you'd go and make a cup of tea when the funny bits were on, and you just you, you used to tune in for the harp, I take it, didn't you? Well, I actually thought Harpo was amazing and very funny, and the only real person who needed the harp so funny and did something different with it, yeah. and I'm a big, massive fan. I read his autobiography, I really mm. do. Well, obviously, I'm a bit of a harp nerd, and I really love Marks, so I do find those bits 
really good. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's, I, it's a, a very good book. I recommend that book as well. So uh, yeah, I, I should say I watched uh, I watched you, Ursula, on uh, Britain's Got Talent. I thought you were very very amusing, very entertaining, and uh, it, it was a different approach, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't your normal just stand there and play the harp situation or sit there and play the harp or sit there no well it wasn't it wasn't my normal um material either i normally do do um the straight harping like playing harp and i also do comedy on the harp but um they did kind of want me to do something more sensational so i sort of played along with um with that for the live shows which was quite challenging for me and out of the comfort zone but um it was fun to get to fly and all that. But, um, yeah, it is, uh, uh, you know, back to the point, it is quite difficult to to take the harp out of its normal conventions. I mean, essentially, it's a stringed instrument that's soft and gentle and quite posh in its um, confines. And it's really quite, it's quite uh, challenging to try and get something else. You know, yeah. Simon, no. I mean, there was the, the one you, your lay down performance. Of course, there was the one you appeared uh, out of the clouds. Simon wasn't David. David Williams was was uh, up for it, but Simon was less sure, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he wasn't so sure about the end, but then I wasn't so sure about the end myself, as I had explained to them in an email. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just sort of one of those things where uh, they wanted me to try something more sensational and I went along with it. It is TV after all. Of course, yeah. And, um, you know, they're they're looking to uh, entertain. So, uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, and I, you know, yeah, whatever. You've not (laughs) had a backlash from the harp purists, have you? You weren't, they've not been poo-pooing it. um, Well, no, they, um, I think they kind of understand. I've been, um, trying to break down the conventions of the heart for about 20 years, taking it through different things like comedy, theatre, circus, um, you know, just bringing it, trying trying different things with it, playing it in different venues than it's used to be played with. And um, I think uh, the people who know me, who are in the harp world, they sort of know that's what I've been playing with. Um, yeah. uh, so I haven't had a backlash from good. Them. No. <laughs> Quite right. Good. That's good. And uh, you mentioned your comedy. I mean, you've done the Edinburgh Fringe. You were nominated for a Malcolm Hardy Award. That's pretty impressive stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and do do you also well, do straight playing? Where you just play the harp? Yeah, mm. I'm going out to play later. Just some harping, some you know, um, so you just playing nice music, creating a nice atmosphere, yeah. which brings me to your stadium gig. You know, at the end of the day, that where the harp it does create a nice atmosphere it is nice you just sort of blend in with the surroundings I don't necessarily think it's right for a stadium before a football match (laughs) you're going to need something that um, gets the crowd going and I just everything is about placement in the right setting isn't it and um, I think I think that that would be a tough gig that you know um, on a football field yeah it would be wouldn't it I've been on some tough gigs in my time just recently but um, that would be a tough gig that would be a really tough gig I would not fancy being in that position could you I think you'd be better with a rock band or something like that sure yeah yeah could you do something like (laughs) football's coming home on the harp could you play that um, no, but my mum for years was playing Match of the Day on the harp. That was her big. I can play this on Match the of the Day. <laughs> Fantastic. Really? Oh, that'd be oh, that's good. good. Yeah, but that, we might get Gillingham back on board. Does work in the harp. Yeah, well, if you want to play that, play it, record it, and send it to us. We'll play it out. We'll play. Yeah, if you, if you give us your version of Match of the Day, <laughs> yes, we'll that. make sure it gets some uh, coverage. Uh, but, 
you talk about tough gigs. Uh, a friend of mine once told me up, uh, up lived in Liverpool, and it was a, just outside of Liverpool, a working men's club, and uh, and this woman came on and she played the harp. Mm. She played the mm. and she played the harp in a working men's club. That's bold. And uh, she started to play, and people weren't listening. They were just talking. They mm. weren't heckling, or they weren't saying. They just carried on talking like she wasn't there. So she stopped yeah. playing. And he said, in one of the, right. she stopped playing, and she basically sat there on the harp, looking at the audience for a full seven minutes <laughs> until well, every I'll... one of them kept was quiet. You could hear a pin drop. They all slowly <laughs> realised the I'll... music had stopped, and she was whole. And then <laughs> she she. she gave it to him but uh, that's impressive I think. well the thing is you have to appreciate that sometimes uh, if you're going to play a background music gig you play a background music gig you sit in the corner and people talk yeah but um with with myself with the comedy stuff i play background but i would also but with the comedy stuff it's about getting them to laugh getting them to listen getting them to engage doing what they wouldn't expect breaking the boundaries of it and entertaining them so that's the that's the thing with um, with my comedy show, which is mostly sitting down, playing at the harp, but singing and um, doing what they wouldn't. Would it's it's lyrics, it's a lyrical content that's more sort of comedic that they wouldn't expect. So um, uh, it's like breaking down all, all all those types of conventions. But I don't think you can put the harp just on stage unless it's like a concert setting where sure. people come in, buy a ticket. Yeah sit down, they're in their glad rags that's in theatre or something and you, you, you bring them through a beautiful repertoire and that's a, a, a written agreement but yeah. it's kind of like in a working man's club. Oh, not <laughs> easy. Not easy. You, you keep flying the flag for the heart, Ursula. It's really good to talk to you. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you. And there we are. Let's hope they've uh, changed their minds then, Gillingham, after hearing that, especially as you can play the match of the day theme. And I, That'd you be know, good. I'd like I just, to hear that. I got thinking. I just got thinking earlier on. Imagine if we gave up five minutes of the National radio station Talk Sport talking about the harp. Could just imagine what that would be like if we gave up five minutes of the Talk Sport. And we just did, didn't we? Just did. Didn't really work, does it? Well, I quite like it. The uh, Bangladesh Sri Lanka game has been abandoned without a ball being bowled uh, in Bristol. Play the harp again to that news. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not over harp the pudding. Breaking news, we yeah. just <laughs> greet it. Breaking harp news. It would be good if you could be, I don't know if you could do this because it's a real skill mm. as, as Les Dawson showed, but if you could do a kind of Les Dawson version of the harp, so mm. people are sitting there just thinking your background noise and you start slinging in a couple of bum notes, that, yeah. would, that would be a skill, wouldn't it? That yeah, would be a skill, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Do you have anything for us? Yes, I, I, this is a strange one. Uh, bloke wrote to the uh, Star, to the Daily Star, with mm. this. It was about triathlon. He said, what's the matter with the BBC showing the triathlon? They keep showing the race from the sky. It's OK if you've got bird's eye sight, but some of us haven't. Bird's so, eye sight? <laughs> no. So keep the cameras on the ground and stop showing off. Showing off. <laughs> <laughs> People are funny other things that... I mean, I shouldn't talk because I get annoyed about nothing, but fancy getting annoyed about that. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, you are on slightly rocky ground. I am on rocky ground, I yeah, know yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But it, it struck me as not something I'd be worth getting upset about. Did you know, Andy, that the uh, the Swedish women's uh, shirt at this World Cup uh, features the faces of 48 of the nation's female role models? No, I didn't. They are built into the shirt. What, in a sort of hologramic way? Well, I just, yeah, I suppose. I mean, they're kind of woven into the... Uh, do you want to know? they were yeah go on 
Uh, got some recent ones as well. It's not all kind of historic ones. Woman from ABBA? Uh, the two women from ABBA? Woman, the, the women from ABBA. Ag- yeah, I imagine, I imagine they I are can't in remember, there. I, I can't remember their full names. Oh, they, they're not in there, actually. I'm looking at some names really? on here. Uh, Alicia Vikanda is in there, of course. The yeah, actress. The actress yeah. Yeah, to, Tomb Raider and not stuff. Not the plumber. Not the plumber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go and get my rods, says Alicia. <laughs> they're in the van. I'll be back. I, I can see what the problem is. I don't really want to put my arm down there. I'll mm. get me rods, says Alicia. Um, anything else? Yeah, I'm going to do a bit of a Dean Saunders here because I'm going to talk about the furore surrounding the women presenting team, the, oh, all, yeah. the all women presenting team on the BBC the other day for the England-Scotland game. Mm. Uh, who cares? Did yeah. they do a good job? Yes. Does it matter? No. <laughs> it's it's true. I can't believe people Dion are Is Dublin part of the presentation team? <laughs> yes. Honestly, it's amazing, isn't it, how social media arguments, I mean... It's just incredible. I, think, I watched the coverage, didn't think anything of it, whether there were three other women with Gabby Logan or should there have been a man. That, it's quite amazing what people do get upset about these yeah, days. Well, but that's they, true. There yeah, you go. True. Again, once again, you are on very rocky ground. Do you know what was it we didn't talk nothing. about? The England left back was wearing full makeup, and it's an interesting choice because, you know, the girls know they're on telly and the natural. Vanity, men are the same, you know. Yeah. You just think, well, I want to look my best. You know, I'm in, I'm in a World Cup, but it's quite an odd thing because I mean, most of the girls don't wear makeup, but she clearly had like quite long false eyelashes, and you think you'd wonder that get in the way, or you know, does it matter? No, no, doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I thought, is it I an observation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this is Paul Whitehouse's version of Dean Saunders. It's not actually Dean. No, it's which not he Dean did for us on the show. Yeah, it's no, very absolutely. good. Yeah. Um, what hmm. else have we got? Uh, oh, yes, this annoyed me as well, this story. You see, a woman has become really famous using the Great Barrier Reef yeah. as a kind of background to her selfies. So she goes, she's in the most beautiful possible place you could be, yeah. and she'll, she'll get a photo of her with one of these exotic creatures of the Great Barrier Reef and sort of impersonate them. So it doesn't become a, about the Great Barrier Reef and how beautiful it is. It's about, oh, look at me, here I am in the Great Barrier Reef okay. pulling a funny Stop face. Stop saying Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you, you seem to be getting upset about nothing. <laughs> but it's the close yeah. season. I've got nothing. I've got no football to get upset about. That's not a bad move, Cup. is it? Breaking news. Whether it's breaking or not. Um, Plymouth Argyle midfielder Graham Carey has uh, gone from Plymouth Argyle to which club? Andy Jacobs. Let's play. Have another guess. <laughs> Safe in the knowledge, sake. you'll never get it right in a million Talkie. years. Talkie. Have another guess. Uh, has he stayed in the area? Can no, he hasn't. No, he's, so he's moved. moved he's moved away. from the area. Yeah. Has he gone up or down? Well, he's gone up. He's gone up. I mean, well, it depends how you look at it. I mean, I, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, up a division. Well, he's he's gone to he's gone to a different kind of division. Yes, I'd say he's. Pro- well, I don't know. The state <laughs> of Bulgarian of football at the moment would suggest <laughs> that maybe he hasn't gone up from Plymouth Argyle. So no. he's left Plymouth Argyle to go to Bulgaria. That's incredible. CSK Sofia. Oh, is that, oh, is that CSKA Sophia. Yeah. The producer think that thinks that's funny. Why did you think that was funny? Why, I don't know why he thinks that's funny. He's, 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 he's quite, oh, because he's a local uh, he's rivalry. Quite, he's, Plymouth he's quite anti-Plymouth, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the Plymouth fans would argue, as we said, Bulgaria got beaten by Kosovo last night, so their game is not great Nick. So they would argue he's taken a step down. That's true. Uh, he was at Ross County before. so that's, Imagine one of those quizzes. You have those quizzes. You say, OK, then, uh, I've, got, I've got a question for you, Ross County... Plymouth Argyle, CSK Sophia, and you think, oh yeah, Graham Carey all day. Yeah, nice all day. easy quiz question. Easy. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's good. I think any player that wants to play.
play abroad, it's got to be a good thing that we've seen. You know, at a higher level, it works really well. So who, why not? Who left uh, Everton yesterday and has gone? John off Joe to, Shelby. No, it's no, not, not John, John Joe. Shelby. John, John Joe Kenny. Kenny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's He's not that different. Right. Right. Sorry, wrong. No. John Joe. Well, compared to a completely different person. But uh, yeah, he's gone to Schalke, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's why I called him good. Shelby because he went to Schalke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an easy, it's an easy yeah. mistake. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, anything else? <laughs> Not really, unless you want to know about Elaine Loris, who's become the top fishmonger in the country. Elaine Loris? Elaine Loris, yeah. Not related to Hugo. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. No, she's. she's He won one for Haddock, will he? (laughs) She's from. uh, She's been working 23 years at W. Stevenson and Sons in Newlyn in Cornwall. I doubt whether Hugo (laughs) Loris' wife or mother has been working there. But, you uh, do not have to do this anymore. What's interesting, though, is she won the award without actually having to appear in front of the judges. She completed an online course and a two-hour video exam and submitted videos of 15 filleting techniques Whoa. to get the honour from the London-based... I didn't based... know there were 15 filleting techniques. <laughs> no, I didn't either, I really. thought there was 12. <laughs> wow. I used to, I, years ago, I used to work with... I used to know a fellow who uh, worked in a fishmonger's hmm. and he, he could never quite... You know, he'd go out on a Saturday night and he could just never quite get it off. Oh. Never quite... Just that... After a big, busy Saturday. Oh, well, you know. It's like that film, isn't it? Last of the Red Hot Lovers, Neil Simon film with... Uh, is it Alan Arkin, is it? I, I think he's in it. And he, he constantly smelling his hands, and he thinks because he's a, he works he's a in the fishman, and yeah. he thinks he constantly I don't know smells. whether Elaine Larice has this problem. Well, I don't... <laughs> She always wear goalkeeping you're gloves. You're bound to have a bit of a complex. <laughs> this lad did, you know. We go over tots or somewhere, and he think, "What's that smell of fish?" And he said, yeah. "I'll leave it. I've had about eight showers." That's unfortunate. Isn't I'm it? smothered really in Aramis. What it really sort of gets Just into the skin. The guy I must have done. Yeah, yeah. We had scales at that point. <laughs> so that's not true. It's, of course uh, it is. Talk to me and Jacobs uh, here at uh, here on Talksport. And um, yeah, a worrying study from yeah. the world of rugby and cricket. We'll tell you a bit about that. We're going to be in with the Tartan Army and uh, we'll have, uh, I was going to have odds on the cricket, that we'll have a job, but we'll get odds on tomorrow's cricket, or if there's ever any cricket played again in this country, uh, we'll bring you the odds on it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Asif joins us in the studio. Good to see you. 
Good to see you both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the feeling I got, I mean, we're in a small theatre, but that wasn't the reason. Mm. It's an incredibly claustrophobic film, and it does give you an insight into what Diego's life is like, because in practically every scene, he is crowded out by hundreds, of, literally hundreds of people, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's kind of the nature of his life. It's the nature of being a kind of in the world of football, but also Naples. Yeah. And Naples at the time, in kind of Latin countries, which are very close and physical, but Naples is that multiplied. It's very, it's narrow streets. Everyone wants to touch him. This is pre-phones. So, you know, the way to get close to your hero or your God is to touch him once and yeah. be blessed. And we Can should we... point out the film concentrates on his time uh, at no, after he left Barcelona and went to Napoli and, and also... The, the the international football around that period, the two World Cups. Yeah, we, we researched his life. He's had a very long and rich and varied life. And we kind of, the way I do it is I kind of throw the net as wide as I can. So we looked at everything in Argentina, Argentina's juniors, Boca, Barca, Naples and onwards. But actually what I felt was that his life was always like a series of cycles. He'd go somewhere, there'd be a lot of hopes. He'd do something great and it'd go a bit wrong. It'd be a disaster. It's all over. It ends. He goes somewhere else. And the same cycle will happen. But the biggest cycle was Naples. That's seven years, longest time he's really ever spent anywhere. Mm. He won, you know, the Scudetto for the first time ever with the team. He won the World Cup, becomes the best player in the world. But all of his problems really start there. Yeah. In a way he's still dealing with. And sure. the people that he had to sort of associate with yeah well you know let's face it they were dodgy weren't they the interesting thing about the mafia they were the interesting (laughs) thing about the movie though is that it's not we see so many documentaries are just talking heads but this isn't your style is it this is yours you you knit the story together without that and that's quite a skill i think quite an editing skill yeah it takes a long time i have a brilliant editor chris king who i work with and and the way we work is we spend a long time senna took five years to make Amy took three years. This has taken about three years. And, and I come from a kind of visual background, art school background. I made feature films before I made docs. So for me, I want to make films for the cinema. And I want to be in the present. I want you to kind of in, learn about what it's like to be at and Senna driving a car. And I want him, as possi- if possible, to narrate his own life story. Same with Amy, really trying to find a way to understand her music. So with this one, the idea was... There was this footage out there. We spend time to try to make the film so you just see the world from his point of view and his perspective. You hear voices. I do lots of interviews. I did about 80 interviews for this film uh, to really understand what's going on to, and the context of everything. But for me, the most way to kind of get you engrossed and to make it as cinematic as possible is to not have interviews, contemporary interviews of people now. He is a piece of work, though, Diego Maradona. <laughs> he is. Because yeah. he, in Argentina, he was urging people not to go... I, I read this, and he was urging people not to watch the movie... And then I realised he'll only be doing this because he didn't get paid. He loves a pound note. <laughs> it's, it's so more complicated. It's Diego Maradona. He hasn't seen the movie. And you, the person yeah. who, who, who um, well, we tried, but I'll come to that. But mm. on the poster, it has four words like, you know, rebel, hero, hustler, God. So someone in Argentina, some journalist has said, they called you a hustler. And whatever translation mm. they would have done in Spanish of the word hustler, he's like, I'm not a hustler, I'm not a cheat, I never stole from anyone, don't go and see this movie. So that's kind of just classic Maradona, you just have to stand still and let that all happen. Yeah. And, and most Argentinians that I've spoken to say, oh, now we want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next thing we'll see is him coming into the cinema, embracing you in tears after he's loved the film, because that's what he's like, isn't it? I mean, I think I still, my intention was always to show it to him on his own, yeah. in his home. When I met him and I interviewed him, he was living in Dubai on that giant kind of man-made palm tree. And so I 
talked to him there and he was actually nice and peaceful. He generally had Bocker on TV behind me while I was trying to interview him. He's got a television on. Um, but that, that, that was a quite a peaceful place. So the intention was to go there and show it to him. But Diego Maradona being Diego Maradona, we tried to set up a meeting. It gets cancelled, gets pushed. Next minute he's in Belarus because he took a job in Belarus and then he was going to be in Colombia and then he was going to the World Cup and I thought, this is not the time to show you the mm. film as we saw, it wasn't. And then he was going to go to Argentina. We booked the tickets to go to Buenos Aires and by the time I get there, he's taking a job in Mexico. So, <laughs> is, life is it chasing the The incredible yeah. behind the scenes footage you've got of Maradona in in, in Naples. Uh, something I read, you can put this right, that that the that this was footage that he, he had somebody with him taking this stuff all the time because he, he felt it was a bit of a kidnap threat there. I don't know. Not true? Yeah, you know, someone's come... I, I, my my version of it is Jorge Sisterspieler was his first agent, kind of the first super agent. Mm. He only had one client, Diego Maradona. He got him as a youth team player, got him his first home. I mean, we're going back that far. They lived in a shanty town. He's the guy that gets him to deal with Argentinos Juniors, gets him to Boca Juniors, gets him to Barcelona, biggest deal ever done, and he breaks that deal by taking him to Naples. Jorge has this idea that Diego Maradona is a star. Let's make a movie about him. So he hires two Argentinian cameramen to film Diego on the pitch and off the pitch just before he goes to Barcelona because he thinks one day this guy should be breaking America. Mm. He should be breaking North America. He's going to be a star. So he films him and that goes on for many, many years. But he then fires Jorge when he gets to Naples. So the film's never made, never completed, never comes out. And we find these tapes dotted around the world. My brilliant team of researchers, some of them are outside of Naples. Some of them I find in a trunk in his ex-wife's home in Buenos Aires. <laughs> They're not on good terms. So to get into the home, talk to his ex-wife, Claudia, do a deal with her and then access the tapes mm. was not easy. It took a year. But that's where the footage came from. Okay. So, so Jorge had this idea in 1981 and we completed the film in 2019. Mm. There's there's a line in the film, I think, from a member of his family, or could have been from his first wife, when she says, "There, there was a point when he stopped being Diego and he became Maradona," and it reminded me of Paul Gascoigne and Gaza. Yeah. That that mm. kind of cut off that what you really are as a person and that creation of you. Yeah, I think that that's what we found. It was um, his trainer, Fernando Signorini, is this great man who really knew Diego's mind and his body the best. And he's very honest and he's not afraid of Diego. So he was the one that came up with that in his interview. And I thought that's a really interesting thing. With Senna, there was a very obvious external rival, mm. Alan Prost. With Amy, you know, whether it's family, whether it's the press and the media, whether it's fame. With Diego, it's hard to pin it down. Who? What's the issue? What's the problem? Is it this person, this person? There's no one really there all the way through. Just him. Both of him. You know, both versions. The good guy that I've met and also the other guy. And so that was the idea in a way that it's it's almost like Diego meets versus Maradona. That's yeah. what we're sort of dealing with, these different personalities. The physical deterioration of him through the film, I mean, especially, in, well, I won't spoil it, but at the end, you see what he's like now, and we all know what he's like now. Yeah. But I was, sh <clears throat> I know, shocked is the right word, I was quite surprised. What a good-looking guy he was. He was really handsome, wasn't he? I mean, the, in those... That period, then you know, yeah. you could see why he, he didn't have any problem attracting. But there's also, you know, I, I think something I, I just like seeing people in their prime. That's the other mm. reason why I don't have talking <clears> at <throat> interviews because even though we may remember the football then, we were younger then, and then you look back at it and you kind of go, wow, he looked great. His eyes, his hair, you know, his hairstyles, mm. there's a whole film just in that. His smile, he was a really kind of happy, beautiful kid, quite vulnerable. Yeah. Not the person you kind of expect him to be now. You just realise he's changed and he's put his body and his mind through a hell of a lot, a lot of damage. He's died a few times, come back more than Jesus. You know, he's, <laughs> he, he's pronounced dead and next minute he's got a TV show in Argentina. Mm. That's Diego Maradona. But seeing him at his peak 
for me, that is the Naples era. Those seven years, you know, that was, those are the best years. And the idea, he took a team that's never won anything, about to be relegated, and wins the Scudetto in, for me, the toughest league there's ever been. When yeah. has there ever been a league as difficult as the Italian league at that point? And the, the, and the nature of, we should make that the nature of, yeah, the, the Neapolitans and the way they were viewed and maybe Argentinians yeah. as well. So it's uh, always about more. These yeah. films are about football, they're about character, they're all about the social situation, the climate, yeah. the, the kind of landscape of Italy, north-south divide, <clears throat> the, you know, the way people look down on the poor and humiliate them and he mm. takes on a system and, uh, and fights them and beats them. You know, he needs a cause, he needs someone to argue against. The comparison with Messi, though, is you, you can't help but draw that because of the type of player they were and people talk about Pele, Maradona and Messi but there's a big difference isn't there between them in as much as what Maradona achieved for Argentina which Messi hasn't done and the pressure that he was under I mean there's a portrait of pressure your film is amazing I don't see Messi yes he he does have a nation on him but they're not the same and they don't react in the same way it's the old thing isn't it football's different then the tackles that he had to go through. Yeah. People literally, literally broke his ankle. Mm. You know, the things that he had to do, and he would just get up and bounce back and run and keep playing. And so pitches were different, balls were different, tackles were different. You know, we're talking pre-Bosman. So if you've got a contract, you can't leave. So in this case, he maybe wanted to leave Naples. He couldn't. Mm. They should have let him go. Two foreigners per team. So it was all spread out a lot more. There's all of these rules that he played in. And he took an average team. And, you know, I can't think of a better example of a single player taking a team to win the World Cup. Yeah. But to do it in the way he did, the reason why Argentinians love Diego Maradona is because of the England game and because of the two goals, because of the fact that he does the cheating one with a hand and he does the brilliant goal four years after a war between the countries. Mm. Unless Messi does that, he's never going to be in the same level. And, you know, it's just different. Messi's brilliant because he's done it for such a long period of time. But there's one moment in the film when they say um, Diego Maradona was a top scorer in the league this year and he scored 15 goals. That's how hard it was to score goals in Italy at the time. 15 was the top scorer. Yeah, Yeah, it is interesting. So, uh, Elton Senna, Amy Winehouse, and now Diego Maradona. I mean, do you see see a kind of link between the three? Is there there a kind of link across those three films or not? I mean, I guess when I... Think about it. They're, they're all about kind of child geniuses. They're, they were brilliant people when they were young and they all have had their own way of dealing with fame and dealing with um, becoming successful and a cause. They're all sort of fighting against the establishment in some form or another. Two of them tragically died young. Um, and I suppose the whole thing about doing the Maradona film was what happens when you get old? What happens when you lose your gift if you're an athlete and a sports person and you have to kind of deal with the issues, the mess that you may be created on the way up? Um, so I suppose that's what it is. It's, it's, it's kind of they're all slightly on the edge. I don't think Senna was particularly loved in this country mm. um, before we made the film. Amy definitely there was a bad rap about her. You know, people made fun of her and humiliated her. And Maradona's a bit the same. You know, you've, we've all forgotten what he was like when he was at his peak. And so partly it's just kind of reminding everyone he was amazing. He's not you know, what we might think is some sort of joke figure now who's an addict. And he's also he's got an illness. He's got yeah. a problem. Um, finally, I take it you're already thinking about your next project. Is is that sporting or not? Probably not. I think I need to do something completely different. Mm. Um, I've done kind of movies and dramas before, so I might go off and do something like that. Um, but right now, the way the way I'm seeing the world, I'm thinking if I'm going to do anything, it's going to be somehow dealing with politics. I think the state of the world right wow. now. Yeah. If there's a mm. subject that I want to get into, I think it's probably that. So, uh, films out on Friday. 
and yeah. it's it, it does make a big difference. It's got to be Trump, really, hasn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> all of them. They're all connected. Yeah. It's all of them, isn't it? Uh, see it on the big screen. If we're here if long you, enough yeah. to see the film, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> seeing it on the big screen is, I think, Diego I think it's is... the sound yeah. and the pictures on the big screen exactly. is what makes And it. as we said, it, it, it's a very engrossing film because the nature of, of that amazing footage. And there's some great stuff from the 86 game against England as well, which, uh, which you'll, uh, you'll love. Oh, the sound if, effects especially are incredible. If, especially if you're Terry Fennick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from talk sport and if you wonder what goes on during the breaks uh, the producer came in and was watching old footage of a music hall act <laughs> called w- wilson keppel and betty yeah um we decided it might be a good idea before australia's next game to get uh, gary wilson the island wicket keeper yeah. um keppel vessels and bisham <laughs> betty out on the field to do the sandpaper dance yeah granddad um, so we move on um, it's Belgium Scotland tonight before we hear from Ali Ross who's uh, out and about in Brussels ahead of the game Tartan Army regular of course and Sun TV columnist let's hear from Stevie Clark the manager under no illusions uh, what a daunting prospect this evening is we have to hope for an almost perfect performance certainly defensively we can't make too many mistakes because we know if we do that we'll be punished I can't make any yeah. mistakes, I'd say. None at all. No. Um, Ali Ross joins us, uh, I'm sure, from the Grand Place with a, a, a 8 or 9% strength beer in his hand. Hi, Ali. <laughs> hey, guys, yeah. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense here. So I've, I've, I've not had too much to drink. Good man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Well all done. Way. Yeah, good. Now, so, uh, what's the most... Uh, uh, mm. Can you remember... A, a, you, Steve Clark has just said there it's got to be a faultless Scottish performance. When, when was the last yeah. faultless Scottish performance you, you witnessed? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a first for everything. Isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been here twice to see us play. I've probably told you this, and I've... I've I've not yet seen us have a shot on target in two trips to Brussels. So if, if we have a shot, then I'll, I'll, I'll go home a happy man. Wasn't there a, quite you know, a high-scoring one in, in kind of recent memory? No, it's always 2-0. Oh, okay. Pick your house on 2-0, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Didn't you get a draw the, with them at home, though, at some point recently? I'm pretty sure there was. was... Um, probably about 1985, <laughs> I think, Andy. <laughs> That's recent for Andy. <laughs> yeah. It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, Definitely not. What, what have you made about the, the the kind of feeling around the place? And you're, you're with your Tartan Army uh, uh, mates at the moment. What are they saying about Steve Clark? Are they all generally happy with the appointment? It, it, oh, yeah, yeah. No, everyone wanted, wanted Steve Clark to get the job. So it's it's all positive. But, you know, we're, we're very realistic about tonight. We're, eight, we're 18 to 1, I think. So mm. um, draw your own conclusions from that. Yeah, you're... It's, 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 what everyone's describing as is a free hit. <laughs> your your big thing though is no, it's it's all good. Yeah, yeah. As I say, your big thing is though players not turning up. You were very, very unhappy about this recently. So how's it looking yeah. tonight? Are, are players sort of reacting to Steve Clark's appointment and actually bothering to turn out? Well, no, no one's pulled out of the squad, which is a start. Mm. Some people didn't pull into it in the first place. Like <laughs> Stephen Fletcher's still missing. Robert Snodgrass has gone off to get married. I think John Fleck's getting married as well. Well, that's the story he's putting around. But uh, no, they've all turned <laughs> up. So you, you can't ask for more than that, can you, Andy? No. One turns up. Well, you, it gives like, you a chance. It, it, well, it certainly does. And you do have in Andy Thank Robinson God, yeah. a, a, a fantastic player. I mean, Yamba Tongden's been saying he, he, you know, he feels uh, uh, he's one of the best fullbacks in the world, Robinson, at the moment. So you know, you do have some class about you in certain positions. Yeah, this uh, Fraser, Forrest, um, hopefully McTominay will come in tonight because uh, 
<laughs> we can't play the free-flowing attacking football that we did against Cyprus tonight. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's going to be a very, a very uh, different-looking team, and uh, hopefully a lot, you know. But, uh, as Stevie Clark says, no mistakes because this lot will just score. That's the yeah. thing. Now, one positive, um, Roberto Martinez could be getting a lot of uh, grief at home if uh, Belgium win tonight. Because Aye, it's, it's his wife's Scottish. from Lanarkshire. Yeah, yeah, really. That's right. John Maloney's is number three or number two as well. Mm. So, so he, um, he may feel, he said, my father-in-law is the problem, not her. So he, I think yeah. the pressure's being put on Roberto. And so who knows? You know, he may, may just put, put a weak inside out. <laughs> I think I think all that means is he'll feel sorry for us when they've won. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to have a practical effect during the game. But you know, the, times like this, you've got to clutch at straws, Paul. Most, I mean, most teams will probably lose to Belgium in this group. You're level points at the moment with with Russia, aren't you? So, and haven't you got have you got a playoff in the bag already? Isn't that safe, as Jim Bowen would have said? I we, we've got a backstop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, 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 we're we're looking at Finland or Serbia, I think, in that. So mm. it's 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 nice, but Steve Clark's got the right attitude. No, I try and qualify from the group. Yeah. But that result in Kazakhstan's really, really made it an uphill. Yeah, start. no, it has. That's the and problem. That's, that's, mm. we, we've got to go to Russia and get something there. I think realistically, yeah, as, well, you- as well as beating them at home. We've seen this phenomenon recently with England. Is when they go and play in far-flung places, it's it's the hardcore, like the Tartan Army hardcore, the England hardcore. They'll go and watch yeah. the team thick and thin. They're they're generally good as gold. They don't cause any problems. They they know how it works. But when you go, no, to any place, old, uh, yeah, any old Herbert turns up to this one. I, I can see them. We're just off the Grand Plaza. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it. My but, goodness. Well, so you, yeah. the, the same thing has happened. As it's a very accessible venue, there's a lot of boys there. You don't that aren't the guys that normally travel to watch Scotland. Yeah, this is this is not the six hundred who turned up in Kazakhstan. Although I've seen, <laughs> seen them are they behaving yeah, themselves, Ali? Yeah. Well, you know, in, in, if you compare it to England in Porto, then yes, we are. If yeah. you compare it to a sort of uh, a Saturday afternoon shopping in Buchanan Street, you'd wonder what the hell is turned up in your backyard. But do you worry as a as a kind of you know you, you've got a, a great reputation the Tartan Army when you travel around the world watching football? Do you worry that these kind of part time Herberts might hijack it, or do you do you think they would be kept in check by by the, the hardcore? Uh, no, they, I don't think they've got violence in them by the looks of them. A lot of them lying down at this stage. <laughs> but probably about half of them won't make it to the ground either. So I, th- I think we're safe. Good stuff. No, well, I, I, they'll be fine. That's good. Well, look, uh, if you, would you like to predict a score? I mean, I think you already have. I mean, you're 2 0. Uh, you, would you take 2 0 now or, or not? <laughs> no, not. I'm, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer, Paul. You know, one of the. If I keep going to as many games as I do, something's got to go right eventually. <laughs> Even if it's only once every 10 years, I'll settle for that. Oh, I reckon dear. I've got one more good result before I die. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we're back tomorrow from one. The uh, broadcaster and writer, comedian Tony Hawks, with us in the studio, chat about his new book. Until then, have a fine evening. Phoenix.
listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.